Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hello, Kristen. How are you today? Cold. Yeah, it is, uh, <laughs> it is freezing and snowy all over. I hope when this goes live, it's like a freakish 85 degrees. <laughs> yeah, that would, um, that would definitely make uh, a lot of people really happy. <laughs> I hope people are like looking out their window and like laughing at that right now because it's February. Oh, no, it's still January when this is live. Never mind. Forget what I'm talking about. Um, so after last week's goals episode, I think maybe we're feeling a little ambitious, and now today we're going to talk about what it feels like when you're not feeling (laughs) so ambitious. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about crafter's block, and what happens when you are feeling stuck and in the mud, and you can't do anything at all in your creative life. Yeah, all these goals are just staring at you in the face, waiting for you to... (laughs) Get them realized, and you're just like under the covers, sobbing <laughs> with with nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, that's, that's my it feeling. To all of us, everyone, um, whether you want to call it imposter syndrome, crafter's block, creative nothingness. I think like failure. there's just like probably like a hundred and ten reasons why crafter's block happens on any oh, given yeah. day. You know what I mean? Like imposter syndrome, I didn't even think about, but that's definitely one. Like you thinking you're not worthy and you'll be found out by oh, other totally. crafty ass females, right? Like but part of being a crafty ass female is not knowing what the F to do. Like that's part of it. So if you feel that way it's not that you're not worthy or able or capable of doing the great thing. It's just it's just There's rolled up into it. Right. Yeah. There's All right. So in your way. So you're gonna approach this as more of like an advice kind of thing. Yeah, and like uh, yeah, I wrote out like some of my favorite tips for getting over a crafter's block. Cool. And these are tips that I've had to like tell myself at least a hundred times. So this is like a love letter to myself on Good. how to get over crafter's block. That is so funny you say that because that is a major theme of one of my stories on this topic. That was weird. <laughs> it's like all meant to be. Okay. Little breadcrumbs. <laughs> all right. So do you want to start? What's your like number one first piece of advice or do you want me to start? My number one first piece of advice is to go and do something that's completely different. Yes, you had mentioned this in an episode before, and that was like sat on my soul. And I totally agree. Yeah, like completely different. Like I go and I play video games. um, And usually I go and I play a specific video game, and I usually have one video game, and I usually play that for like a very long time. And uh, right now it's Overwatch. I don't know if anyone else is out there playing Overwatch. If you Calling play all crafty-ass gamers. <laughs> yeah, if you are a crafty-ass gamer, um, please find me. I play on Xbox, and my <laughs> gamer tag is K-T-W-E-E, K-T-W-E-E. And uh, we can definitely game sometime. Uh, playing video games makes me better at everything else. 
it is like the total opposite part of my brain than crafting. Mm-hmm. And so like if I go and I go and I play video games for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes and then come back to crafting, I'm like, oh, okay, this piece goes here and that piece goes here. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot about this other you know, piece of paper I had in my stash, three drawers down, underneath these other four pieces of paper, that is absolutely the perfect thing to go here. Sometimes, like, your crafty brain works in such a mysterious way, like, the way that you connect things in your creative life is so unique and so thoughtful and so personal that if you try to push it so hard, it's just going to get all tangled. And so you need to like let it untangle. It has to maintain that lightness. And in order for it to maintain that fun and, and curious and lightness, you have to give it a break because banging it over the head so many times makes it feel heavy, makes you feel heavy. And when you can't problem solve your way out of that, that's when I think block occurs. Yeah, and you need to do something that, like, makes you feel lighter. And, mm-hmm. uh, like, Bruno Mars Dance Party. Gonna make you feel lighter. <laughs> um, like, totally. maybe you love stand-up comedy, and, like, you want to listen to a stand-up comedy set. Maybe you uh, love a podcast, and you want to listen to a podcast, and it makes you feel great. Um, do something that, like, lifts you up, and, like, lets your whole body and brain just... Go somewhere else and forget about your whole crafty problems. Mm-hmm. I feel like part of being a crafty ass female in a way that you want to, to keep growing in that title, right? And keep progressing in that title. I feel like your whole life is spent trying to find the right combination of activities that works the best for you. And I, like, cause I say that because for I guess for you, I've talked about this before too, for you, how it's gaming, I would say for me, at least most recently, it's been dancing. And in the past few years, I've gotten out to a studio like at least three times a week and just spent at least two hours learning moves and getting better and social dancing. And it is obviously completely a different part of my brain than the zeroed in paperwork or design work or computer work. But now, like I haven't been doing that this season because of time constraints and money constraints. And so I've, I've felt the need to pull back from that, but I still consider that my thing, even though I'm not doing it. Like, cause totally. so it's that it's the push and pull and the give and take of when's the right time. When's the right season? When do I really feel like I need this? When can I give it a break? Like it's always evolving all those activities, I think. Totally. And let me ask you this. So if gaming is like your way out of creative block or even like it's still even when you're not creatively blocked, you still participate in that. Yeah, there's but there's so many other things for me that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Like cooking is one for me, too. Mm-hmm. Also gardening. Like there are so many other activities. The reason I bring up video games like right now is because it's the easiest thing to do in January. Mm-hmm. Um, Gardening is out in January. Uh. Like, going out for walks in Michigan is out in January. Mm. Um, <laughs> Doing anything comfortable like, in January is just out. <laughs> it's, not, it's not an easy task. Right. So would you say that this time of year is when creative block probably happens more? I mean, that's totally a thing. And, but, like, yeah. 
gaming for me is strictly a hobby and it will Mm -hmm. only ever be a hobby Mm -hmm. like i absolutely have no desire to like talk to um like if if you want to be good at gaming and whatnot you have to like talk to other people on the internet and like be you know cooperative with toxic male people (laughs) and i'm just not interested in that i literally want to go over there and like work out my creative frustrations and my like stressed out frustrations on my own time and not have to deal with other people Mm -hmm. um and like that's all it will ever be to me right and like it's only ever going to be there for like you know an hour a day Mm -hmm. at most two or three times a week yeah and so like in that way it's such a prescriptive thing Mm -hmm. and like to, to find that thing for yourself is it's kind of awesome. Maybe it's reading a book. A lot of people, right. like, that's what novels are. Um, a lot of people, like, that's why they love subscribing to, like, Book of the Month. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know that you're going to have this, like, stress reliever delivered to you. Mm-hmm. And you get to make this choice. Do I want this one? Do I want A or B? That's a great way to relieve crafter's block as well. Mm-hmm. And in that post that I've mentioned before, the one that Elizabeth Gilbert wrote about the hobby and job and career, she mentioned right. that hobbies, um, they prove to us that we're not just slaves to the capitalist machine or to our own ambitions. So that I think is the freeing part is that when you're always so ambitious, things become heavy or when you're trying to pursue an activity as a form of like like we talked about, like maybe it being your thing, like we talked about in previous episodes, it becomes this like job that you keep having to work at. And a hobby is what frees you from that. Like I can be free from my ambitions for a while. Like this is just a fun right. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, and that's one of those things that like, I know when you need to take a break, I'll go and I'll play a video game for 30 minutes because mm-hmm. like, that's me taking time off. That's me giving myself some self-care. And that's the thing that is like, okay, I can't worry about anything else. And like when you're, you know, when you have a giant set of headphones on that cancel out all the noise and you are like locked in on the giant TV mm-hmm. and you can't see anything else, like it's like a bit of sensory deprivation. Mm-hmm. You are like, and you put yourself in the zone. And like when you are concentrating on trying really hard to do one task, it frees up your whole body and your whole brain to do nothing but that one task. And like, it could be, and like, it's the same thing with dancing. Like when you put your mind and your body into those moves and making your entire body do this one thing at that one moment, like it frees your entire rest of your body to just go with the flow and be. And that's how you get the rest of your body back to doing the creative routine. Mm-hmm. And this, and the thing about social dancing, and it must be the same with gaming too, with like other people, is that you don't, you have to be in the moment because you don't know the next thing that's coming. So like a lot of our creative work is us planning ahead of time and us thinking about like what the outcome needs to be. But in something like social dancing, like I, like I love the big feminist that I am and the gung-ho of like women being independent that I am dancing is a completely male led event. And I, it's, it's so I, that's what I love about it is because I need to learn to be led a little bit. So it's like such a break in what I'm normally 
like used to, like the fact that they get to decide what move I make and I just have to follow and then add a little bit of my own thing. So it must be the same in gaming because you don't know the move that they're going to make and you have to adjust in the moment, literally in the moment. Okay. So I obviously am not a huge fan of violence. It makes me like hurt in my heart. Mm -hmm. But my God, like sitting on the couch and just being the tiny little uh, South Korean girl that sits in her mech just shooting at the other people and making them not be alive anymore <laughs> that feels so wonderful and being so good at destroying the other characters it's just it's exhilarating the and complexity of humanity is crazy it's, it's that gets rid of your crafters block so that's yeah. my that's my number one tip for <laughs> getting rid of crafters block is just Find something that you can sink your entire mind and body into and, like, let that take over. So agree. Whatever it is for you. Like, maybe it's running long distance. Like, mm -hmm. this, is, this is something I learned from my dad a long time ago. And he tried to get me into cross-country running. And I was like, mm, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not going to be my thing, Dad. But I appreciate everything that you are telling me about. Um, but really, like, try to get something that you can get your whole body and your whole mind into whatever it might be, because it's going to be different for everybody. Um, but that's definitely my first piece of advice. Good one. How often do you feel you get in a crafter's block? Is it something that happens every day? or It can. It can definitely happen every day. There are some times where I go to a scrapbook and I literally say the words in my head, Kristen, maybe you have no idea how to scrapbook. Which yeah. I've said to myself at least a hundred times. And it, that's kind of defined as like, because like I mentioned, like there could be a hundred and one ways you define crafter's block. So like in that instance, it's almost like lack of motivation and imposter syndrome kind of rolled into one, like lack of inspiration. So you feel like stuck and then you don't oh, think. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like literally like I, so I'm sitting, right, I'm sitting at my standing desk. That is not, <laughs> literally not possible. <laughs> I stand at my standing desk and I feel literally stuck in mud. I will have my hands at the desk and I look at a blank piece of paper and be like, Kristen, there's literally no way you'll be able to finish this layout because you have no idea how to scrapbook. You just don't. You should just quit now because there's no way you're ever going to complete this layout. And if you can't complete this layout, you're never going to complete another layout. So you should just quit scrapbooking right now because... Face it, you are definitely a failure at scrapbooking. Wow. Um, that is some... Oh, yeah, no, this happens all the time. That is some self-talk um, right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, it's fantastic. And so I usually work my way through it. Um, well, clearly, clearly I work my way through it, right? Because we're here right now talking about it. Um, and it starts by saying, that's stupid. You do know how to do this. All scrapbooking is, is taking the paper that you like and putting the pictures that you like on top of the paper that you like and, you know, deciding if you want to write some stuff down and making it the way you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I start doing. And eventually I move some stuff around and then it's almost always gorgeous. I almost always love it. And then I almost always say, wow, look, it's one of the best pages you've ever made mm -hmm. because you do know how to do this and you need to stop psyching yourself out. Yeah. It's like what you do and every, every piece 
is another growth opportunity. Like, I think I felt like that, how you just described, more so in, the, in getting into scrapbooking in the beginning or getting into memory keeping in the beginning. When I would look at what I, at the people and the crafters who I wanted to be like and who, whose projects I loved. So it was a little bit of a comparison trap, which I think can cause, obviously, crafter's block. But then I remember reading something that said, I hope I can find it to include it in the show notes, but I'm totally paraphrasing here. It was something like, your taste is so good that you almost can't appreciate whatever you put out because your taste is at a higher level than your output is able to be, right? Like that was the gist sure. of this thing. So I think that's part of it too, where like when you're starting out and you want to quote unquote break in to the crafting sharing space, whether it be scrapbooking or planners or whatever's trending now and whatever crafty project you embark on, there's this level of, there's this entry period of almost nothing you create can be to the level where it will be in the next few years if you keep creating. Like you're only going to get better at a craft. So you have to expel every judgment on it, which is hard, you know, easier to say than do, but expel all those, that inner talk judgment on it and just kind of blast through it. But there is a level of, let me step away from this for a second. Let me come back to it. Maybe that'll give you a new perspective. Let me play a video game. Let me go dance. So there is a level of that that could probably help with that. But I think there is like crafter's block happens when comparison happens, when you put judgment on your work that is really just there to be done. And for me, I think a piece of advice that usually helps me when something like that happens or before I start let's say a scrapbook page or a page I want to complete and I feel stuck on what to do, I kind of remove myself from the making part and just go to my stash and make a kit, right? Just limit limit the amount of stuff I'm going to use or maybe just pick the blue stuff or just pick the gold foil stuff. And, And if I have a good combination of piece of little things, it'll come together better on the page. So kits are good for me for that. Like if I remove myself from the executing of the making and try and put together supplies, which for us crafty ass females is sometimes just as fun. <laughs> so that I helps that's too. Totally true. I think that's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. Um, the blank page and then the overwhelming mm-hmm. decision making, like that decision fatigue is like totally real Uh, especially when you're overwhelmed by the amount of possibilities mm. it's it's just almost impossible where do you start decision fatigue that is it i get that all the time (laughs) and i think like that's one of those things like that you really need to combat and so like okay so my second piece of advice my second piece of advice is to use prompts or challenges or some Mm -hmm. other form of like do this thing inspiration Mm -hmm. And, like, Mm -hmm. just, like, so, like, if you think of crafter's block as, like, this big, open, blank space, if you were, like, just dropped in, like, a desert, use this, like, um, using a prompt or a challenge or, like, do this thing is, like, at least a roadmap on, like, how to get out of the desert. Mm -hmm. You were, like, pointed in a direction. Mm -hmm. And, like... You're still going to have to find your way out of the desert, but at least you know which way to go. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, well, like, just spinning start around going in one circle. direction and then, you know, well, I, I didn't go, 
you know, I haven't found my way out of the desert after walking five minutes this way. Maybe I should go back the other way. And, you know, at least you know where you're going. Mm -hmm. You know that you have an end point. You know that, like, you know what you want to accomplish. So you can get there. Um, And I mean, like, there's so much out there. There are so many prompts and challenges and, like, do this thing's inspiration that, like, that could cause decision fatigue in and of itself. Yeah. But, um, well, what that kind of is, and I hear a lot of creatives talk about this, is when you're prompted or when there's challenges, there's usually a set of rules. And what happens with rules is they give you a box to live in, but then the creative brain doesn't get decision fatigue. I love that phrase. Oh my God. Because the decisions you make come to you to live in that box, right? So as much as like people don't like the idea of staying within the box or, or color outside the lines, the box allows for like purposeful decisions and then the fatigue doesn't happen. Right. I think like my favorite thing about actually deciding to be an artist and like living as an artist in your own mind which is all of us as crafty ass females, you know, we should all decide to live as artists in our own mind is it's important to learn the rules. Mm -hmm. So then you know, which ones you can break and why you're breaking them Mm -hmm. and what you're doing when you are breaking them. Mm -hmm. Do the challenge, get inside the box so that you can stick your arm outside the box or stick your toe outside the box, stick your head outside the box, stick your whole body outside the box. But like, be able to jump back inside the box if, you know, it's kind of scary out there. Mm-hmm. The box is, you know, your comfort zone. And if you want to jump inside the box because, you know, there's a snowpocalypse outside and you don't want to be outside, it's awesome to have that box. Yes. It's great. So, like, keep it. No, yeah. Limitations definitely help your brain come up with other possibilities to do things that you wouldn't have thought of without the box. So yeah, like limits and rules and challenges and prompts definitely help. Yeah, I think that's really helpful for um, a lot of people. And there's no reason why you have to stick to every single letter of every single challenge or every single rule. Like, rules are made to be broken, but go with them and it will make creating so much easier, which will then make you better at creating. And the more you can create, the more practice you'll get. And the more practice you have, the better you will become. And that's kind of what we're all after, you know, becoming better crafters, becoming better at our skills. And the more you create, the easier you'll know how to get over your own crafter's block. Mm -hmm. Definitely, that's true. And letting go of things that don't work. Yes. And I think that's one of the biggest things is like make things and do things and like work at it so that you can find the things that don't work for you Mm -hmm. so that you can avoid them in the future. Mm -hmm. Like don't worry that like something doesn't work for you. Like don't worry that like you, you know, quote unquote failed or quote unquote didn't succeed because you found like a roadblock or something like didn't work for you. Like, that's awesome. Now you know that that doesn't work for you and you don't have to do that in the future. You're yeah. not going to come into that again. The best example I can think of that, and I've 
I gave this at a lot of the planner talks that I've had because a big trend now in every kind of crafty project in the world is this handwritten calligraphy lettering, like whatever you want to call it. It's a total trend. Like people are getting those brush pens. People are scripty pie their names. If you can do it in a planner, like extra points for you, right? So it's been this trend that people are striving for. And me being part of that planner community and working for the happy planner and wanting to be ahead of trends. I tried to pick it up in the last two years, like on numerous occasions, like I signed up to a lettering workshop. I, I bought the lettering book. I bought the right brushes that I've seen people use. I practice, 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 all this stuff until I literally by the fifth time of attempting said to myself, I have to let this go. Like maybe this will be my thing in the future, but right now I'm not wired for it. Like I don't have the bandwidth for it. It's not, I can't execute this right now. And I can't put in the time it's going to take for me to get good at this. Like it was just, I was putting so much pressure to jump on that train. And then what I started realizing through still wanting to memory keep in a planner and that being my thing that like I could lay alphas down like nobody's business. Like, and then I, that was like one of my, that's, it was like a click into like, that is what is working for me. Like you give me a handful of alphas, I will show you how to fill this space and get the title across. And that was my thing. And that, and I, I, it was a whole big, like own your planner style kind of pitch that I was pitching in this talk. And, and yeah, so for me, the crafter's block was translating into, I can't do this one thing that I see everyone doing and I know I'm creative, so I should have the capabilities to do this, but it just wasn't the right thing for me. So letting go and knowing that that was okay because look what I can do with these alpha stickers. Like it was a freeing thing for me and relieved me of the crafter's block. It wasn't, and I feel like people get into that block of like, I need to do what's trending and what everyone's doing, but it's just another like self-awareness, like exercise for yourself. Like what can you do well and stop trying to do this thing like that everyone's doing well, I guess. Absolutely. I yeah. Lettering for me is that is a big one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, if it's not working for you and you're spending so much time on it and it's just not like fulfilling the spaces you needed to fulfill in your life, you can absolutely let it go. Um, yeah, oh, I let go of my December daily, 2016. Um, so, like, for the last... I've been doing December daily forever. And, like, so for the last, like, five years, I would do most of my December daily uh, during December, and then I would finish it up, like, the next October when I would get inspired by all the new products coming out. Mm -hmm. Um in 2016, I had a really terrible December. It was awful. Short backstory. We had four weddings to go to in uh, 2016. And a funeral. Out of... <laughs> that didn't happen. I was oh, so, like, I, I had my fingers crossed the whole time. There was the election, so, you know, kind of. Mm. Um, we, they were all out of state. They were all plane rides. Um, headaches. My headaches and plane rides are awful. So we had four weddings um, in said the seven weeks before the election. Then right after the election, uh, we decided to be grown-ups and do laundry. And um, our 
uh, adult points for you. Machine. Um, oh yeah, way adult points, way so fantastic. <laughs> um, our laundry machine overflowed and uh, flooded our entire kitchen. And then we found out that it all happened because there was a surprise septic tank in our front lawn that no one told us about when oh, we bought the house. Oh, God. And so we had to have our entire front lawn excavated and this septic tank removed. Um, and it was, like, literally so... It was it was incredibly traumatic. And it was horrible. And then everything, like, just the whole world was, like, just going crazy in December of 2016. And I, like, my December daily was just, like, I really didn't want to work on it. it so was there just was not, a funeral. Like, the, the funeral time. of yours, December daily. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so, like, by the time, like, October 2017 came around and it was time to think about December daily 2017... I looked at my December daily for 2016 and I was like, I don't, I don't want to work on you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Like if anyone ever comes over and looks at my shelf and is like, oh, December daily, 2010, 2011, 2000, you know, 12, <laughs> 13, 14, 15, 17. Oh, you know, grandma Kristen, what happened <laughs> in December of 2016? I will have absolutely no problem telling them the story of December 2016 from memory. Um, so I gave myself permission to, like, just say, you know, screw you, December Daily 2016. I mean, I love you, Allie Edwards, and your project, but I'm sorry, December 2016 can just, you know. Dude, but that, it's it's a great opportunity to open up conversation if they, if your grandchildren ask Grandma Kristen what happened, it's a perfect story opportunity, oral story opportunity. The the septic, right. the septic tank saga of 2016. <laughs> but I love I mean, that. I love that, and I think that's another crafter block. Add that to the list. Like sometimes people are so. I say this for our next episode too. So I, this is a big topic with me. People in the crafting world are so gung-ho to catch up. And I am all about the comeback. So I, that's how I try. Anyone that talks to me or reaches out to me for, oh, I'm, I need to catch up and I catch up and catch up. I say, drop the catch up and think about the comeback. Don't try to oh retrace God. your steps from like, yeah, don't try to retrace your steps. There's a reason it didn't get down. I'm a big fan of like, Whatever happens, whatever I want to memory keep, I have to memory keep it within two weeks of it happening. If it passes that mark, it's not getting memory keep. There was a reason and you are, and just move forward. I am so an advocate for that because what happens is when you try to go back, there's all this stuckness to try and capture the feeling or the emotion or the story that it, it you get blocked. There's no way that it's going to flow out of you in a way that it would organically if it was a legit documentation. It's not, it becomes like a history review. <laughs> right. Absolutely. It's gotta be like, just like left. There's like stuff that happens. And like, sometimes there's like new things that happen that shade the story. And yeah, no, just move forward. That's, that's my whole thing. But so your, so your De December daily didn't get done in 2016. My big story of Crafter's Block, you know, when you pitched this, this episode topic, the thing that came to my head 
was I did this like blog interview for Click Kits back mm-hmm. in 2015 because my my uh, paper lines with We Are Memory Keepers had just launched. They had love notes in one of their kits, right? So to promote their kit, they wanted to interview me and talk a little bit about how that kit came about, whatever. And I thought it was so funny because one of the questions she asked me was, can you share what helps you break out of a creative slump? And I had never told anyone about the creative slump of 2014, which was my, like, and this was, so what had happened was We Are Memory Keepers hired me. When they hired me, they said, we're going to have you make a paper line. When they said that, the floodgates opened up of every idea I've ever had on this journey to get to that point, right? So I was like, oh my God, pineapples on a paper done first by me before it was ever done before. I just <laughs> must, must say, right? So anyway, so pineapples on a paper, like crazy neon colors, like everything that was me and that crazy wild aesthetic back then came out and that was it factor. And the line was exciting and it was everything I ever wanted to do. So there it was. As soon as I finished, the day I finished the last design for that line, uh, the my product designer that was working with me was like, okay, line number two. And it was literally the day after, like there was no kind of break. And that's exactly what we were talking about. Like what you need sometimes is a break away from that same machine that had you crank out that product. So right after. So on top of needing to come up with a whole new line with a whole new look the day after I was done with one, I was going through some of the craziest anxiety of my life. Like I'm talking, sitting still, feeling panic. Like it was me between you know, all this personal shit going on, me and my boyfriend and being home and, and just all this transition, all this change and it bubbling up into just the worst anxiety of my life. So that's another thing. Like, how do you perform? How do you tap into that Zen creative space when your mind is literally spinning out of control and you can't calm it down and you can't center it? So that was the big creative slump of like 2014 for me. So what I, the first thing I had to do was accept the slump, right? Like there was no way I could say, no, I'm not, I'm fine. Like, so between me and my product designer, I would talk to him about this. I'm like, listen, I kind of got nothing today, but that wouldn't stop me from working, right? I still had to sit. So this was me getting paid. This wasn't a side project. This wasn't like a thing I set for myself to do. Like this was my job and I had to come up with product, like an ideas for stuff that I thought would sell. It was nuts. So yeah, so patience with myself had to happen. Um, and the, the creative block went on for three weeks, meaning I was turning in like assignments to him every day that were legit shit. Like it was the worst paper I've ever seen. He hated it. I hated it. I would come up with one thing that he wanted me to like, okay, latch onto this. This is working. And then when I executed that, it wasn't working. Like this went on for three weeks. It came to, I was like, and again, uh, imposter syndrome. Like I can't do this. Who did I think I was? Like, this is not for me, I guess. Like, and it was that whole thing of like, I'm doing the dream job, but it's totally hard. And it's not looking or feeling like I thought it was going to look and feel all this stuff. So in those three weeks, he was like, take a day. Like he was trying to coach me through this. He was so good. Like really trying to support me. Like, but I had nothing. Everything I was putting out was just bad, bad, bad. So 
yeah, the way that I worked through it was just like cranked out work, good or not. And then sweat and tears and a lot of M&Ms. Like I just ate my way through that. But like, yeah, like the line ended up coming together. A lot of that three weeks is a fog because I was in this mental state, right? Of like, just not in a good place. But I remember walking. I remember eating a lot of M&Ms. I would cry. I would still work. And when you look at that line now, and it's called Love Notes, it was supposed to come out like February of 2015. I worked on it in the spring of 2014. But just like you said, like when I look at it now, I see every feeling intertwined in that line. Like, and it was soft. And there was a few like um, pocket cards that said like take a break you got it it's okay it was like almost a love note to myself and like to that creative slump so like just like you said earlier like how to get through the creative block you almost have to talk yourself down through the creating that's what that line was for me and that's how that ended up happening like I look at that line I'm so proud of it but I still don't exactly know how it came together it was just a bunch of like confusion and output and then him piecing the puzzles together. And then one thing working out of like 90 things I made and him saying yes. And then I'd make another 90 things and one thing would work and him saying yes. And so the pieces that ended up coming together for that line were the few things he could scrounge that worked from the shitload of stuff that didn't work. So yeah, I don't even know that the moral of that story, but like, I still think on that time as like, holy shit, like I was legit blocked it, through anxiety, through through everything. Yeah, it was nuts. But you still made awesome things. I, I, yeah, even when I you're don't. making, <laughs> yeah. even when you're making, you know, like a hundred things and 99 of them are not awesome. One of them is still awesome, like, or awesome enough. And that's a big thing too, like usable, like I think at the point where I was putting out so much shit, he's like, what can we legit use? And that's a new way to think about it too. Like when you're outputting, don't focus on the perfection of things. Just focus on, can I use this? Will this work in some way? Okay, let me roll with it. So like that too. And remember that you're getting better with every single time Mm -hmm. that you are making something. Yeah, it's so funny. I look at that line now. And just like how we talked about like your taste, right? Your your taste is so high and your standard for good art is so high, but it takes the making to get to that taste or even near that standard. And looking at that line now, I could probably do so much more with it now, right? But then we're talking like four years later, like, of course, of course you can. Like, right, absolutely. Yeah. Like, and that's, I think that's exactly right. The of course you can, you have four mm. more years yeah. of knowledge and practice and wisdom and it it would be silly if you couldn't do more right it would be disappointing if you couldn't do more it would be you know of course of course course. you can do more because that's who you are Mm -hmm. you you're someone who works hard you're someone who puts effort in you're someone who does the work and that's you know that's part of being a creative is someone who does the work and even when you're blocked Right, even when you're blocked. And, you know, that's uh, that's actually my third piece of advice. Go for is it. to just start making. Mm-hmm. Like, literally glue two pieces of paper together. Mm-hmm. Um, put a stamp on something. You know, paint something. Uh, don't worry about telling a story. Don't worry about getting to, like, a particular finishing point. Just start making. Yeah. Um, just, you know, get the creative 
part of your brain to start working. You don't have to finish a project. It doesn't have to be anything specific. You can just take things and make them something else. And the beauty of making just to make and the beauty of being a crafty ass female and embarking on these projects is most often it is in our job, right? So we can remove ourselves or make for the sake of making without wanting to contribute to a challenge or a hashtag like so that's the luxury we have as crafty as females just participating in my case with love notes it was my job and I did have to perform but even when you look at love notes like a little bit on that making um, tip that you just gave like sometimes you can make using a different medium in the realm mm-hmm. of the same make. And for me, I think that worked for love notes. Like just make, I was doing a lot of love notes, like hand painting and trying to have something that worked. But one of my favorite papers in love notes was a fence. It was like, I took a walk, I took a picture of a fence and digitally kind of made it ombre. I think it was called like ombre fence, but it was still contributing to the job I had to do, but it was a totally different medium. It was photography and digital play as opposed to hand painting so even in that way that tip works like if you are making or just you know you can switch it up a little bit like how can I try a different angle or try a different supplies to make me still contribute to whatever I'm trying to contribute to absolutely yeah that helped yeah Yeah, I think that's that's a good one what's so funny too is when I think about it is My work with Mambi and the Happy Planner, I never really felt creatively blocked. Again, I was in a better place mentally and in my life, like circumstances attributed to that. But I always think like, was it also the work? Like with Mambi, I bounced around from project to project. And again, like medium to medium, whether it was today, I'm going to craft something to make content or today I'm just going to blog and write. Like I mentioned in the past episodes, like that word multi-potentialite. And I think that has a lot to do, a lot to do with me not being blocked. Like the whole, we are memory keepers experience was me sitting in front of a computer day after day, outputting, outputting, outputting out. Like it was just a constant stream of design and computer and output. And for me, I think I'm a person that needs to step away. I'm a person that needs to write today. I'm a person that needs to craft today. Like, so like, I think for me, jumping from medium to medium is what helps me be unblocked. I think that's awesome. But I know that about myself. I was going to say your, um, in your story episode, you mentioned that when you said you wanted to go to design school, that was the first thing your mom said back to you. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you want to sit in front of a computer all day, Mm -hmm. which clearly is not what you want to do. Yeah, although it is a lot of what I do, but I think it's... Needing to have breaks from that Mm -hmm. is essential. Is essential for me, yeah. Yeah, but that's what's funny is like this whole journey, the more you're creative and the more you try to tap into all these creative spaces of yourself, the more you learn the type of creative work, the type of day even is what's going to make you the most unblocked. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, so we could give tips all day and relate experiences all day, but it's really another self-awareness trick. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, do you tend, what I notice too, is like for me, crafter's block comes in the form of motivation, and I find that I'm either one of two ways. I'm either in this motivation fog and I want to just watch TV all day and forget about all of the goals that I had, like we started this podcast talking about, or 
I'm like super motivated and I feel like I want to take on the world. And then I get blocked because I overload myself. <laughs> and so I feel like I go back and forth. If I'm not in that sweet spot of all the things that need to be happening, then I'm ending up on two opposite extremes, one or the other. Hmm. I don't know. I definitely get both of those. Yeah. And then I also get the ones where I'm just like, I literally don't know what to do next mm -hmm. in the middle of projects. Yeah. I find that like, that happens to me a lot. And then I need to like walk away from a project mm -hmm. or like make a decision or um, like, that's why I like also love making kits mm -hmm. um, because if I don't make a kit, then I definitely get into a lot of the decision fatigue again. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, let me pull out every single embellishment that I have because maybe I will find the perfect, you know, half inch by half inch thicker to go in this one corner. And if I don't go through the 150 packages of stickers that I have, then I'll never know. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy. Like, I'm not yeah. going to waste a half an hour of my life looking for a half inch thicker. That's not serving anyone anything. Yeah. So like making kits beforehand prevents a lot of that. I think the key is, is narrowing it down, whatever that means to you, whatever that, if that's a project, if that's goals, if that's whatever, I think it was Elise Joy that once said, you can do it all if you redefine what all is or, or tailor your definition of all. Like if your all is to get, I don't know, like for me, like I'm, I'm feeling now like my secret product behind the scenes that I want to get made into reality that our podcast for sure that, and then who I am as a brand, as far as my website and a newsletter and my social media, if I just narrow it down to those three things of all the goals that I mentioned in the goals episode, if I just narrow it down and focus on those three things, I won't be blocked or overwhelmed by everything. Like it really is like, totally. what is the all like you can get mm -hmm. it all done, but all should be a sustainable amount of things. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, what's ringing kind of true to me at the end of this episode. All right, I have a couple pieces of advice. Go for it. That I think are direct and can apply to our listeners. One is to pull out your brand new supplies. Remind yourself why you bought them. You just spent money on them. Use them. Going through your stash and making old new. Right, exactly. Because that happens to me all the time. Right. Which is why I think, like, de-stashing is one of my favorite things to do. And I mean, we're going to have an entire episode in um, the spring about spring cleaning. But de-stashing and going through your products to find out um, your favorite things. And, like, before, when I was talking about going through your 150 package of stickers if you only have 25 packages of stickers that part goes um by so much faster <laughs> um and you remember what you have so much easier too um also one of my favorite things to get over crafters block is to have like a a crafting buddy um like a text message friend or to be on like a forum or a support group yeah crafting support group um so that like you know when you're stuck and you're like oh no I don't know what to put here next you can just like take a picture with your phone and send it over to your crafting buddy and be like hey what 
goes here? Does like a journaling card go here? Do I need a sticker? Should I put like in another embellishment? Um, crafting buddies are great for that. Uh, Instagram DMs are a fantastic way uh, to make new friends. Oh yeah, this is another pitch for how to make adult friends <laughs> uh, for an upcoming episode. Yeah. Um, Instagram is a great place to make uh, adult online friends. Um, yeah. And then like my last piece of advice is to just wait. Like, you mm -hmm. are a crafty-ass female. You know how to do this. Like, that's what I was saying earlier in the show. Even when I knock myself and I say that I have no idea how to scrapbook. Like, that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. I am, are you Kristen, feminist scrapbooker? I know how to scrapbook. Yeah. Um. And so even when you tell yourself that you don't know how to do this, you absolutely know how to do this. And just wait it out. You will remember how to do it tomorrow or mm -hmm. the next day. Or, you know, when it's not five a degrees out and yeah snowing or when and it's not a super dark fresh idea like sometimes ideas need to marinate a bit before they click and like what you said about like sending a friend a photo like sometimes I take a picture of a project undone or or finished but I, I don't know what's missing or I don't know how to solve you know what I feel is is missing from it but then if I look at the photo later I, I realize it's perfectly fine. Like, that happens to me sometimes. That's a weird phenomenon, too. That happens too. to me all the time. I'm yeah. like, this is definitely missing something. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. This is perfect. Yeah. And I think, I think it's just... absolutely true. It, it has to do with your objective eyes catching up with your subjective, like, evil roommate in your brain. I think that's absolutely spot on. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, do you have anything else to say on avoiding crafter's block or crafter's block in and of itself? No, I think I, uh, I'm grateful and appreciative that you brought this topic to my attention. This was one of your pitches for an episode, and I hadn't really thought about it until I knew I needed to talk about it. But it's definitely, like, I feel like I, I'm surprised how I came to the conclusion that there are literally probably over a hundred different forms of crafter's block and it could happen to, in so many different degrees too, like paralyzingly so, or just annoyingly so, you know, there's, there's, it, it, but it does happen. And I think your pieces of advice are awesome. Like I didn't realize I needed it at this time, but I guess I did. And to revisit a story of myself when I was in that that space of being so blocked and realizing since that space, like I haven't really gotten there, knock on wood, you know, again, but I just think it's a testament again, to keep chugging away at this thing that we love and keep chugging away at this craft and trusting that all your impulses to be creative and be crafty mean something. And they're leading you toward a space of release and not a space of heavy blockage <laughs> like and if you're in that space don't worry you'll get through it and that's kind of what I got out of this episode thanks Kristen <laughs> you are so welcome <laughs> we would love to hear your advice on crafters block or any questions that you have on crafters block you can comment on our blog post at craftyassfemale.com you can tag us on instagram you can hashtag crafty ass female and if you love our episodes please subscribe on itunes leave us a rating or review, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah, talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Love you. Bye-bye.